When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Friday, September 10th, and you're tuning into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynes, the Indians avoided a sweep uh, Thursday night with a 4-1 win against the Twins. Uh, finally figured out how to beat the Twins, and it's with three home runs in Cal Quantrill. Yeah, hey, simple formula. Hit it out of the yard three times and have Quantrill you know, pitch his career uh, high in innings pitched and the uh, pitches thrown and uh, no, no problem to it. Yeah, uh, let's talk about Cal Quantrill first. Uh, that outing was pretty typical of the way he's performed over the last maybe month and a half. Uh, just his, his last uh, seven or eight outings, he's gone uh, at least six or seven innings. Uh, it's, it, he's, he's really given the Indians – what they needed this year when they lost Shane Bieber and Aaron Savali and to a degree, Zach Plesak. And that's a, a, a frontline go-to guy to a starter and who, who just gives them innings and puts them in a position to win a game. Just a, a great uh, story this year, Joe, with Quantrill. you know, coming from the, he loses a spot. He's competing for the spot and in, in a rotation in, in spring training, loses, loses it to, you know, I guess Logan Allen and Tristan McKenzie uh, goes into the bullpen, does a great job there. Then, like you said, with the injuries uh, to the top three starters and the demotions of, you know, uh, uh, Allen and McKenzie, you know, he emerges and he really takes the opportunity and just runs with it. And uh, just, I mean, and now he's he's got to be, along with McKenzie, you know, he's he falls in line right behind those those top three guys and, you know, and he might be, who knows, maybe he's a number three odds starter coming out of spring training next year. Well, he's, he's certainly performed uh, at least, you know, more consistently than Zach Plesak this year. Uh, you, if, if you're, if you're ranking, I guess, by potential for next season, maybe Bieber, Savali, and then, you know, Quantrill, you would expect those guys to be the most consistent uh, depending on if, if Bieber is completely healthy. Uh but I, I just think it's his his whole attitude and his approach really never changed throughout the season. He when he was pitching out of the bullpen, his first 20 appearances this year uh, came in relief uh, or, or 18 of his first 20 appearances came in relief. And he attacked those appearances 
like he was doing, like he was going to be a starter. He, it, it, it never sort of changed for him uh, that, that his goal was he wanted to be starting games like this. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, if you, if you talk to veteran starters, veteran pitchers that have been around Joe, they'll, they'll, they'll tell you what Quantrill did is one of the hardest things you can do as a pitcher in, you know, not in mid season, but a month in, you know, a month and a, you know, month and a half into the season, he went from the bullpen to, to the rotation and stretched his art, stretched himself out until, you know, now he, you know, he gives, he gives you last night, seven and two third, you know, quality innings. And that, that not only is, is difficult to do, but it really, you have to be very, very cautious because you can injure a pitcher that way. And, and, you know, the, the Indians brought him along the right way. And, uh, you know, Quantrill Alves obviously put in the work to, uh, you know, to, to make that transition. And I think the fact that he trained all winter last offseason to be a starter, to compete for that starting position, you know, really helped. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and also, he also learned along the way, I guess, is, is sort of a, a, a point of this. Uh, he learned, uh, DeMarlo Hale said last night, He's learning how to get himself deeper into games as well. I mean, he, you got to remember, he, he only made his major league debut, what, in, in 2019? So uh, it's not like he's this, like, you know, super established veteran pitcher. Uh, maybe a little more so than, than Logan Allen, Tristan McKenzie. But, you know, he, he's still figuring out how to get deep into ball games. And, uh, you know, if he does have, a, let a, you know, allow a big inning, how to minimize and, and get through, have quicker innings, uh, you know, easier, uh, less stressful innings, I guess. He's at, what, 130 total innings pitched right now uh, between the, the bullpen and the starting rotation. And it would it surprise you if they, they start to maybe taper him a little bit uh, in, this, in these last three weeks of the season? Or do you expect him to, to keep trying to go on 109 pitches because they've got a six-man rotation? Yeah, you know, that's that's a great question, Joe. And, uh, you know, I think you can look at it both ways. From Quantrill's comments last night, he wants to stay out there. You know, he, he wants to, you know, he you know he is an advocate of, you know, letting uh, starting pitchers go, you know, kind of go into that seventh and eighth inning. And he wants to do that. Uh, I think uh, Hale, if he has confidence in any of those starters right now, it's, it's Quantrill to not give him the quick hook like we've seen you know with uh, McKenzie that you know he's lifted him the last two times after six innings and you know McKenzie certainly you know pitched in the short season last year just like Quantrill did uh, but yeah I, I you know I think for the, his own good I think they, they might kind of rein him in a little bit uh, but you know if he's pitching like last night and you know he's having those efficient innings and stress-free innings um, maybe, maybe they do let him go. Maybe he is, you know, kind of the lead dog to this rotation right now. Yeah, uh, I definitely think so. Right now, uh, he's he's the lead dog for sure. Uh, and being the lead dog, you you get to have a little bit of swagger. You get to have a little bit of attitude. Uh, we saw that last night against the Twins. Uh, how old school is I, Cal Quantrill? Obviously, he grew up with a dad playing in the major leagues. You know, he's got to have a little bit of an old school streak in him. And uh, he doesn't take kindly to guys swinging hard on 3-0 pitches. <laughs> uh, and that was the case for Jason, uh, Josh Donaldson 
uh, in one of his at bats late in the game. And, yeah, at the uh, end of the sixth inning, Joe. At the end sixth of the inning six. against uh, Donaldson, he swings hard at a at a three zero pitch. Uh, Cal Quantrill makes a, a comment because uh, we're we're quickly finding out that Cal Quantrill can't control himself when it comes to something like that. He's going to say something. Uh, Josh Donaldson didn't like it. Miguel Sano didn't like it. And Sano said something to Quantrill, and there was a, a little bit of back and forth. Yeah. It w- <laughs> you know, you saw it. I had my head down right. And I miss, yeah. I, I must have missed the whole, the whole exchange. But, you know, uh, fortunately, we had uh, Fran Mel Reyes to tell us what went on. And uh, that's exactly how it unfolded. I guess, you know, after, um, you know, uh, Donaldson grounded out on the 3-0 pitch, and, uh, you know, Quantrill kind of barked at him. You know, the next inning, Sano came up. He goes, why don't you say that to his face? And uh, Quantrill said, I did. And I guess uh, from, from what it looked like on TV, the replays, uh, Hedges is yelling at, uh, uh, at yeah. Sano to get yeah. back in the box, right? Get back in the box and hit. Yeah. So, That's the only problem is that, you know, you, you put Austin Hedges in a position where he's crouched down next to Miguel Sano. And Miguel Sano is no small dude. And uh, Austin Hedges is the one having to say something to him to, to, to sort of uh, defend uh, Cal Quantrill there. Um, just, you know, I, I guess, Hoisey, from our perspective, you know, we've been through Trevor Bauer. We've seen, you know, what uh, this sort of new age uh, approach to letting your emotions out and, you know, uh, talking and, and being fired up on the field. Uh, can lead to some some misunderstandings, especially among old school type players. Uh, Cal Quantrill is is quickly becoming uh, the, the the guy that the other team doesn't like to to see out there or, or or interact with. Yeah, you know he's got emotion. He shows it on the field. We've seen that in his previous starts when he gets out of big big situations, but we haven't seen the trash talking. You know the the chirping or you know we're not down there so. Maybe it's, you know, I, I would imagine some of that's been going on, you know, since he went into the rotation. But it was interesting, Joe, uh, you know, Bill Evers, the, uh, the Twins acting manager, uh, after the game was talking to reporters and he said, you know, and he was quoted as saying, you know, Quantrill had a lot of things to say to a lot of people. I think he should just shut up his, shut keep his mouth shut and pitch because he pitched a great game. So, you know, now that next week they're going to Minnesota for three. So I don't know if Quantrill will pitch in that series, but it's going to be interesting. Yeah, uh, that's, you know, trying to do the math or trying to do the, uh, uh, you know, calculations to see if Quantrill will pitch in that series uh, is, is tricky. But, yeah, who knows? that? And, and Fran Mill's right. Fran Mill's, like, uh, Fran Mill's nickname is Lamole. Uh, well, he was our he was our mole in the uh, in the clubhouse last night. He he sort of let us know exactly what the whole uh, exchange was about, and uh, yeah, that's kind of interesting that 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 the Quantrill, you know, barked at Donaldson, but it caused a, a, a sort of a tiff with with Sano, which was, you know, who knows? It, Sano is not the guy that I would I would pick no. out of that roster to to start a fight yeah. with. It's just he looks he weighs about three hundred pounds, doesn't he? He just looks like a bad dude. He's a big boy, so you know maybe like you said, uh, maybe because you've got Framil Reyes in your dugout, you're not as worried about that uh, 
Yeah, you yeah. got to have some backup there if you're gonna if you're gonna tangle with Sano. There's never been a better time to register for Indian Subtext and get all your Cleveland Indians news with updates from Cleveland.com reporters Paul Hoynes and Joe Noga. Get on board now by going to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians. Our subscriber-based service gives you the latest news, analysis, and more from the Indians. For $3.99 a month, you get everything we're hearing from the team and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on cleveland.com. And you can text us directly with your questions and opinions on everything from the team's name to that day's lineup. And it's the only way to get your questions and comments on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Why sign up? Hear from one of our subscribers. I'm uh, Jeff Heinerson. I grew up there in Milan, Ohio, but I now live out in Idaho. I've been here for 40 years and uh, my son was born and raised here and I got him as a birthday present, uh, your subtext. And I wanted to thank Paul for sending him a birthday greeting and to tell you that he is really enjoying the subtext. He even he's not from Ohio, but because he grew up with me, he's hardcore Indian fan. So thanks again. Jeff and all of our Indian subtext subscribers agree. There's a lot going on with the Indians and the best way to keep up is with Indian subtext. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians or better yet, text Hoinsey at 216-208-4346. Again, that's 216-208-4346. We look forward to hearing from you on Indian subtext. Okay, well, let's talk about Framil. Uh, he he snapped the Indians out of their funk, I guess, in the third inning when he hit a two-run home run uh, deep over the, the right center field fence. Uh, the Indians hadn't scored a run in 25 innings uh, before uh, uh, Fran Mill went deep against Andrew Albers. Um, the Indians' offense really didn't do a lot after that. They there were some some singles, some base hits. They didn't get a big breakthrough hit after that. Uh, Oscar Mercado with a home run. Jose Ramirez with a home run. Uh, the uh, I think Ramirez and Reyes homered in the same game for the sixth time this year. Yeah. But uh, you know the offense uh, kind of going through some, you know, m- maybe some maybe a funk, maybe a little downtime this uh, at this point in the season. Yeah, I think so, Joe. It, it certainly looked like it. Uh, you know, they scored two runs against the last place team in the first three games of that series before, uh, you know, they finally hit the ball over the fence. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, coming up with Milwaukee here, you know, maybe the best team in baseball right now, how, how that offense, you know, how the Indians offense deals with that pitching staff. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it was uh, – I, I don't know if it's just a little slump, you know, kind of late season, maybe guys are tired, but, uh, you know, it's, you know, they're going to have to step it up if they want to, you know, in this season with a win, you know, winning record. And, uh, you know, Joe, I, I just wonder, you know, what, you know, Ramirez is sitting at 33 and uh, 21 stolen bases. You think he's got a chance to be a 30, 30 guy. He's, he's going to have to get on base a lot more and take a lot more chances running the, the bases or he's got what, three weeks to go. I mean, you're yeah. talking every time he gets on base from here on out, he's going to try and steal a base. Uh, I don't know. Um, you know, I've been working on uh, some stuff about the Indians base stealing and uh, talking to some people and just the uh, the way that 
they're using that now as a, as a tool and a weapon. They didn't try any, uh, they didn't have any stolen base attempts last night. Uh, they, they ran themselves out of an inning last night when yeah. uh, in, in the first with Jose and Fran Mill on the bases, when uh, there was a pitch in the dirt and Fran Mill tried to go and then Jose didn't move up. But uh, yeah, I don't, I, I can't see him getting to 30. Uh, at this yeah, point. that's nine stolen bases. He'd have to get on base a lot. He, I mean, and then you got to be in the right well, position to run too. He's getting on base a lot. He's he's walking a lot more. His walk rate this year is is way up from from years past. But uh, you know, I, I think yeah, it, it it would be a little bit out of character for him to run as much as he's going to need to run in order to get to thirty. And like you've said in previous podcasts. He doesn't necessarily want to run with Fran Mill hitting behind him, you know? Right. You yeah. Want, that you get thrown out. Well, you don't want to get thrown out and you don't want to take the bat out of Fran Mill's hands because yeah, they'll pitch, right. they'll pitch to Fran Mill differently if, if the base is open for sure. So, uh, yeah, I, I, 30, 30 possibility, but, but not really. I, I, I don't, I, it's a, it's a long shot right now for me. Uh, yeah. It's a rarity. What uh, Joe Carter, Grady Sizemore and Jose are the only three guys in franchise history to do it. Right, but but you think about it for, uh, at twenty twenty, uh, you know twenty at least twenty home runs and at least twenty steals. You know he's the only player in in the majors in twenty nine or twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen, and twenty twenty one. You know the last three full seasons to to do that. So you know pretty interesting there. Uh, we found out today that uh, Trevor Bauer uh, will miss the remainder of the season, is like, likely to miss the remainder of the season uh, on administrative leave still from the investigation into his um, assault allegations there in Southern California. Uh, not unexpected, I, I think. I, I don't think many people expected to see Bauer back this year. Uh, pitching in in Los Angeles, does he throw another pitch for the Dodgers? Is sort of the bigger question. Yeah, it's uh, you know that I guess him not you know Bauer not not starting another game, you know pitching for the rest of the season is not such a surprise. But yeah, you, you said that exactly right. What do the Dodgers do with this guy now, and uh, and what does Major League Baseball do with him? Do they suspend him? I mean, is he still looking at a suspension here? I mean, is he, is he pitching in Japan or Korea yeah. or, uh, or Mexico? You know, that's what I'm thinking, Joe. That's exactly that's, what I'm thinking. He might get banned, banned from baseball here or you I, know, a, a I, one I, or two year ban, something like that. It, that all depends on, you know, if, if criminal charges are filed, if he has to go through a, a, a prosecution, then, you know, that's more likely. If nothing is filed, if the charges are dropped, which is still a possibility, uh, you know, I, I got to think that he's, he's going to miss at least a year. And Manfred still has that power. I mean, you know, right. even if you get like the Black Sox were, you know, found innocent in court and uh, Kennesaw Mountain Land is still banned him for life. So I was going to say, you're not, trying to, you're not trying to pin the Black, you're not trying to pin the Black Sox on Manfred. That'd be, that'd be a <laughs> bit much, but uh, all right. Well, like you said, the, the Brewers are in for a three-game weekend series uh, beginning this weekend. Uh, really just the hottest uh, team really in baseball. Uh, 
they they present a lot of challenges and a lot of problems for the Indians, especially with their starting pitching. Yeah, they've got what a twelve game lead in the uh, NL Central, plus one hundred seventy seven run differential, um, and they're forty six and twenty four on the road. Joe, they are a handful, especially with that pitching staff. I mean, <laughs> that's a very very good club, and they've probably gone under the radar here. You know, when you when you think about it. Yeah, they probably like it that way. Uh, what, 30, 32 games over 500? Uh, the, the most they've been since 1982. Uh, when, they, when they were Harvey's, Harvey Wall, the Harvey's the Wall. The Harvey Wallbangers, yeah. That, uh, you know, Robin Yount, Paul Molitor, uh, back in the day. Norman Thomas. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, uh, you know, a lot of fun to, to, to sort of see how the Indians respond to that challenge uh, with the Brewers coming in uh, this weekend. Hoinsey, we'll be back next week with uh, more on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast off day on Monday and then a doubleheader Tuesday in Minnesota. You'll be there. We'll talk to you then. All right, Joe.